Hi guys and welcome to the 10th instalment of Time Out, the Basketball England podcast. We've got a more than fitting guest to mark our 10th episode, as Great Britain captain Miles Hessen joined us on the pod. Recorded ahead of the new season in France where he plies his trade, he speaks to me, Mark Jones, on his career to date, as well as his hopes of representing his country at the 2022 Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. Hope you enjoy. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Miles, thanks for joining me on this week's edition of Time Out. I seem to ask everyone this at the moment, but how have the last few months been for you? Uh, thanks for having me, first off. Uh, it's been a bit of a challenge, obviously, with the whole COVID situation. Being back, back at home in Birmingham for, for quite a while, not having anywhere to practice indoors. I, I found myself at, at parks as much as I could, but there's only so much you can do outside, so... I'm just keeping busy, keeping active. I'm going out on bike rides and stuff. And um, now I'm back with my team in France. We're back to normal practice, basically. So, yeah, back to normal almost. It must have been a bit of a disappointing way to end uh, the season in France because this was your first uh, season with your new team, wasn't it, in Shalom? Yeah, I mean, we had a new coach that came in for the last five games. And uh, I think we won four out of the last five, so we were on a, a good way going forward, trying to make a playoff run. But it is what it is at the end of the day. How would you sum up that uh, first season there for you then? Were you pleased with how it was going? I mean, obviously, like you say, it ended better, so it was a shame for the season to end that way. But moving there, had you settled in all right? Was, were you finding things good there? Yeah, it was all right. Uh, I joined a team that was struggling in November. Um, I contributed to a few wins before before the, the new coach came in, I think he came in January. But then I got a little injury during January, so I only played like the last two games for the new coach. But overall, it was a decent season. I was happy to sign back and continue where we left off. Yeah, so you've been there for five, is it five years now you've been in France? Yeah. yeah so what is it about France that has led to it, sort of making it your home for that amount of time? Um, I think it just comes down to being the exposure that I have over here. This is where most of my offers come during the summer, and just yeah, I think that's about it. Really, most of the offers that I get during the summer are from France. Um, I haven't really got any good enough offers anywhere else to to leave, and it's a, a stable economy. You get paid on time. You don't have to worry about that. Whereas a lot of places in Europe. You have to worry about if you're going to get all your money and all that type of stuff. And it's just good, to, good to not have to worry about that kind of thing. Yeah, so going back to where it started, then you represented the city of Birmingham Rockets at under eighteen levels, did didn't you? But how much did you play before then? Not much. Uh, I joined City of Birmingham. I think it was under under fifteen, and uh, yeah, that was basically my first introduction to organised basketball. I used to play football up until that point. So, yeah, I was at City of Birmingham for that. So, so, I was 14 to 19. Yeah, so, what was it that made you decide to pick up a, a different ball, a different sport, and give basketball a go then? Was there any inspiration behind it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like I, I always played basketball in my back garden with my brothers and stuff. And um, But football was my, my first love. But at the age of around, I think, 12, 13, I developed asthma and 
like playing football, I used to get these asthma attacks and you need to get a sub. And obviously with football, once you get a sub, you, you finish for the whole game. And it was just getting a bit frustrating because I, I didn't know what to do. And um, basketball kind of just meant itself to me with the fact that you could get a sub, relax, calm down and then get back into the game when, when uh, I was fit enough to do so. And it kind of went from there, really. I just fell in love with the game. Yeah, and you've gone from strength to strength, really. So from the city of Birmingham Rockets, you've made your way up for the NBL leagues and you got your chance in the BBL. Was there a point when you had started playing that you were confident you'd make it to the BBL and sort of keep working your way up? Was that part of the plan or was it just, like you say, because you just moved to basketball, did you just want to play it and just see how yeah, it goes? To begin with, sorry, yeah, just to begin with, I was just playing it and, I was always sporty. I did every sport in, in school that you could think of. And um, I think personally, I've always just wanted to be a professional athlete of any type. And um, basketball was just the main thing that was appealing to me at the time. And I just kept getting better and better. And then I think it was uh, when I joined the Birmingham A's and uh, Stephen Hansel started coaching me. That's when he was the first guy that told me that I could actually go somewhere with basketball. And um, yeah, we just we kept working and working, and I kept improving and kept just raising and rising in the ranks. In the twenty twelve season, you left the BBL, didn't you, to make the move to Germany? And you started off in the third yeah. division, and as you have often in your career, you worked your way up to the top into the into the first league. So, how did that move to Germany come about initially? What made you decide to go and play in Europe? I knew that. After my second season in the BBL, that if I didn't make the move now, I think I would have missed my chance. So I really wanted to to get out of the BBL just to explore and see what Europe had in had, had on offer. And so for that summer, after my year at Mersey, I reached out to an agent and um, to find to try and find me a job overseas. But he didn't find me one. He I was actually going to sign for Leicester Riders. And um, so I think the day that I was going to sign the contract, I just thought, no, I can't do this. I want to, I need to do something. I need to go, obviously. So I sent out a, a big email to all the coaches that I've been in contact with from the national team on the 20s to anyone in between. And um, Tim Lewis actually got back to me. And Nick Mills got back to me also. He said that he doesn't have anything on offer, but it just, if he did, then he let me know. And um, yeah, Tim Tim Lewis said that he had a game the next day. In fact, for the team that he was coaching and for the BBL side that they were linked to, and I I didn't know anything about Germany at this point, so I was like, oh, okay, I got to sign this contract for Leicester tomorrow. And it was like, do I sign for Leicester tomorrow or do I go to Germany on a on a whim really? And um. I decided to go to Germany. Tim Tim Lewis helped me out with that. He, he paid for my flight because I didn't even have any money for my flight at the time. And uh, yeah, I played in the two games. I played for the BBL. I think the BBL game was first. That was against Bayern Munich. And uh, I didn't I didn't do anything that game really and truly. I think I probably scored two points with that. But then the the day after that was the the Pro B game against the Austrian team and I really impressed the 
the GM for that team and ended up signing a contract for the for the third division. I'm sure her riders will be a bit gutted hearing that and knowing that, but as I said, you went from strength to strength in Germany and you said you went on a whim, so making the success of it like that, what was your experience like? Did you enjoy the experience out in Germany? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I was out there with one goal in, in mind, so I was really focused on what I what I needed to do out there. I, I knew I needed to impress from in that league if I was wanted, if I wanted to work my way up. So, uh, yeah, I was just really focused on what I had to do and I was just working hard. I didn't really do too much outside of basketball at the time because the money situation wasn't good. So I was just trying to save so I didn't have to come home and have a, get a job during the summer so I could work out as much as I could. So, yeah, I really just kept myself to myself, practiced, home, eat, and that's about it. What was it like making the step up in those divisions throughout Germany to get up to the first division? Did you find it difficult at any time or did you just feel that progression coming on naturally and was it pretty straightforward getting up to the top level in that country? Um, it, it came naturally. It wasn't easy. But, uh, it was just natural progression, really. Uh, the, the third division, I was, I was playing really well in it. I was, probably the best player in the league at the time and I was able to practice with the BBL team as much as I could and um, in February of that season one of the one of their players had an injury that it was going to he was going to be out for maybe a month or so so they needed a replacement and um, because I was impressing them so much and I was cheap at the time they said just I, I could basically fill in for the end of the season and then um, during the playoffs, that's when he came back. So that's how I signed for the BBL team at the end of that season. Something I just wanted to touch on uh, because of your time in Germany is on a previous podcast we had, I'm not sure if you've listened to many of our Time Out episodes, Miles, but we had Ishmael Fontaine from Worthing Thunder on and he's obviously yeah, played yeah. in the German leagues and yeah. he opened up about some experiences he had in, in terms of uh, discrimination and racism that he experienced, which obviously, you know, in him he's a cheery and happy guy anyway, but to, it was yeah. horrible to hear those sort of things he experienced. So I was just going to ask uh, throughout, from your, you say you enjoy your time in Germany, but throughout any mm-hmm. point, point in your career or lifetime, have you experienced any racism or discrimination in the sport or in life in general? Um, I wouldn't say directly, maybe indirectly. But no, nothing direct that's been that's done anything to me really. No, I'm not to think of. My time in Germany was good. Is is that the same in the in the UK? I know obviously there's been a lot of talk on social media and worldwide about the Black Lives Matter movement. What have you made of that in the last few months? Um, it's it's good that there's a lot of people speaking out and, and letting their voice get heard now. And um yeah. I'm glad that it's exposing a lot of the, the, the mishaps that are happening in all walks of life, not just basketball, but in, in general life, you know, like discrimination and racism that's going on. Um, yeah, I'm glad that people are being called out on what's happening and hopefully these things change for the better. Uh, absolutely. And have you been happy with the the response with the British basketball community with Basketball England and British basketball or is there is there anything else obviously it's still just the start of the process the things that have been going on but is there anything 
you'd like to see done? Uh, no, I, I, from what I've been seeing on social media, Basketball England have been doing a good job getting behind a lot of the initiatives that are happening now. So, yeah, it's good to see. Going on to uh, GB, you've been involved with the setup since the under twenties in two thousand and eight. I think is that is that right? Yeah. So uh, four years later, you made it to the senior squad. Those that watch mm-hmm. you play will see that it means a lot to you. But in your own words, are you able to describe that feeling of representing Great Britain? I mean, it is. It's actually hard to put into words. It's, um, it's a humbling experience. It's, it's, uh, it's something that you can't take for granted. And I think. When I look back on my career, when I'm retired, I think I'd appreciate it even more. But yeah, uh, it's something that I, I, I play with pride every time I've got on that jersey. Yeah, I can't take it for granted. And like you said, you once you get into any sport, you wanted to sort of become a professional athlete in whatever that was. So was it always a dream of yours to pull on that Great Britain jersey and, and represent your country? Definitely. Uh, and if... Anything that I, I wanted to do in life, I'd, I'd love to be at the top of the game, and especially to be able to represent your country. It's just not a lot of people get to do it, and uh, it's something that I, I hold very close to my heart. Yeah, and I obviously couldn't mention Great Britain without talking about that night in Newcastle against Germany. I think especially the fact that it followed that uh, defeat in Montenegro, didn't it? And then to go to Newcastle and get that win, what were the emotions like coming away from that? We We deserved it, I think. And it was it was good to actually get the result that we deserved. Because there's too many times when we've been in games that we should have won or we should have done this and we thought we fell short. But this one was a, a good one because we didn't we didn't give up when we were down and we were the better team and we shown that in the end by the final result. I guess the way that things have gone in sport the last few months is obviously frustrating and I don't know whether momentum's been taken away but there must be confidence in that GB squad now going forward yeah definitely everyone everyone is starting to play at higher levels in, in Europe for their club teams and when we, we get back together as a group we've been together for a while now so everyone knows each other really well and um, I think yeah we're really journeying on court and we've we're kind of realising that we actually can beat these teams and we should beat them and we're doing what we can to get them results. What do you think the difference was between that game in Montenegro and the one in Germany, just to to get those results? Do you think did anything change uh, after that defeat to sort of galvanise you for this win, or was it just something that things just started to click on the court on that night? Um, I think the the Montenegro game was a was a tougher game. They were a stronger team than Germany were. But I think the fact that we, we were in that game and we could have won it, it's shown everybody that was on the team that, like, look, we're actually we're good and we can, we can get these results. So going into the Germany game, we were way more confident as a as a unit. And yeah, everyone everyone pulled their weight and we got we got a good win. It was obviously a bit of a change in dynamics, the coaching setup as well, with uh, Mark taking the reins for those and returning to his sort of home in Newcastle, really. So how was he during that time and as stepping up to the head coach role? He was great. He didn't, he didn't try and do too much. He kept, he kept us all in, in, in line as far as what the, the direction that we've been going in for the past few, few camps. 
and um, yeah, he did a he did a great job. Like he he transferred his passion into us, and then we we went out there and he did the job for him. The night itself was it just great to see so many fans coming in support of the team because it the place was bouncing at Newcastle, wasn't it, on that night? Yeah, it's definitely a great feeling playing at home, and yeah, the the crowd in Newcastle were excellent. It was a great atmosphere, great win. And uh, another great atmosphere should be coming in, well, less than two years' time now for the uh, the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham in 2022. Being from Birmingham yourself, how excited are you for basketball to sort of be at the forefront of a, a big sporting event like that in your home city? I'm really excited for that. I can't, actually can't wait for that. Uh, it's going to be a great thing for the, for the city and, and for the country, especially for basketball being right in the, the centre of Birmingham and being like in the main hub for the games is going to be great exposure. It's something I look forward to. Hopefully, injury-free and God willing, hopefully I'll be able to play in it. Yeah, I was going to say, we hope to be involved in some way because some of the players that were there on the day, like uh, Kofi Josephs, he was saying he'd be happy just to be involved in any way, even if it wasn't playing. So are you intending on hopefully being involved in that team? Yeah, definitely. If uh, if I'm healthy, it's something that I'd love to do. Um, I played in the the first the World Three on Three tournament out in Greece. I think that was in um, might be 2012. And yeah, I, I love the format. I love the three on three game. So yeah, something that I definitely plan to do. Yeah, that was my next question. On what do you make of that three on three format being played in the games? Do you think it all? Entice people a bit more and draw more people in to watch and hopefully take up the sport. Yeah, I think it's it's easier to watch in the five and five game because you don't have to spend as much time sitting down to watch a whole game if that's not what you're into. And I think it will it will draw a lot of different people into watching it because it's going to be outside, it's going to be fast paced, and there's probably going to be more than one game going on at a time. So it's something that you can. It's almost like a tennis tennis tournament where you can see more than one one game going on and yeah I think, I think the format works well for enticing new people into the sport for sure Do you think it could serve as a bit of a catalyst just to produce more pros like yourself because coming from Birmingham you there's not a great deal of uh, Birmingham based pros is there there's yourself and there's uh, a good mate of yours I believe Martin Gale and you mentioned Steve Hansel earlier in the in the podcast do you think this could be uh, the foundations to bring more players like that into the game in the future. Yeah, I'd, I'd hope. I hope so. I hope there's um, British, I hope basketball England and the Commonwealth Games come together and and do something as far as legacy wise that uh, the city can use and build on. Because a, a city as big as Birmingham, you would expect them to be expect there to be more. High-level basketball players coming out of there, but for the time right now, it's not actually happening yet. But I think there's there's a lot of kids that are playing for for the younger teams now that are coming up, getting better and better each year. So yeah, I hope, I hope so. Now, if I asked you this question in three years' time, you might include this Commonwealth Games as as your answer if you do end up making it there and uh, staying injury free. But what's been your highlight in your career so far, if you could pick what out of all you've achieved? Just representing the national team, like the 
the men's team, even the under twenties when I was when I was nineteen, eighteen. Yeah, just putting on the national team jerseys is a different feel. And um now obviously being able to be the captain of that is also another another thing that I hold close to my heart. I know you probably won't want to blow your own trumpet in any way or talk too much about yourself, but from I mean, from speaking to our stats guru, Dave Owen, earlier this week, he said the way you've progressed up the ranks and to be where you are now is pretty much unheard of, of starting off and working your way up through the NBL to the BBL and then to the Elite Pro League. So what have you made of your career so far? And do you look at it that way or have you not really thought about it that much yet? Um, I've been told before and people speak about it, but it's it's not something that I look at because it's something that I'm doing right now and I think when I like I when like I said, when I retire and look back maybe I'll I'll realise more but it's just it's just life. It's just what I'm doing. I never I never got the chance to go over to the US and go to through the college system. So I basically just had to pave my own way. And then and that's what I'm just gonna continue to keep doing, hopefully for as long as possible. Was was there a reason that avenue wasn't available to you or was it because you started relatively late in the sport? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of didn't develop until I was quite old. I didn't really start getting good, good enough to <clears throat> be like, on that type of radar for me to go to, to high school and all that type of stuff. I wasn't, wasn't one of the best under-16s or under-17s at the time. So, yeah, I think that's, I just missed that. I missed that part and then had to find my own way. And hopefully other people, other kids will see what I've done and be able to try and emulate what I've done, hopefully. Absolutely. I'm sure that is the case as well. And like you say, when you retire, you can probably look back and uh, appreciate what you have done. But is there anything you want to tick off before that time comes? I'd like to play another Euro basket with, with GB for sure. I missed out on the last few because of injury and stuff. And uh, the Eurobasket that I played in 2013, was, that, was, that was great, that was. So, um, yeah, probably that. And just continue to develop and play at a higher level. And that's it, really. Something I do with, well, our recent guests on the podcast where I ask them a couple of uh, quick-fire questions just to finish. Would you be up for doing that? Yeah, no problem. Who's been your toughest opponent in your career to date? Um, Andre Kirilenko. Uh Who's your best mate in basketball? Martin Gale, Daniel Belgrave, Neil Hopkins. They're all Birmingham players. They're my, they're my guys. And uh, in your dream team, who makes your starting five? It could be all-time players you looked up to, uh, teammates of yours, players you played against, but who makes your dream starting five? that I've played with or just in general? Uh, we'll go general. Who you've watched could be NBA players because that's when the answers have usually come from up to this point. I'll probably have Steph Curry at the one. Two, uh, Dwayne Wade, two. LeBron, three. KD, three, four. Uh, and the five man, probably... During lockdown, what's been your go-to on Netflix? Last Champion. Nice, yeah. There was a 
British playlist going on Spotify that was released on what players listen to in the build-up to games and everything. But what's been top? What is top of your playlist at the moment? Uh, anything by Nipsey Hussle. That's a good way to finish. I'll uh, thanks very much for taking up your time to speak to me, Miles, and joining us on the podcast. Uh, good luck with next okay. season in France. Hopefully, you can build on the end that you had there in your first season, and yeah, hopefully you can carry that over to the next GB games as well and building on that win in, against Germany. So, yeah, thanks very much for joining me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Time Out. You can now find all of our episodes on iTunes and Spotify, so please like, subscribe, and let us know who you'd like to hear from in a future episode.